and this is rational hour. Yeah. <laughs> rational? Yeah. I'm in the game when it's crunch time. Yeah. I call the play like the coach do. Tell them boys they can't touch my leap. Example the way I'm supposed to. I got more reason a little bit, a little more than a lot. Only compare me to Bill, a better you feel. I'm sick of the skills. All I'm perfecting, I put them all on blast. Rational hour, it's more than a podcast. Follow on Twitter, get done with the move. It's Friday night, and this is how we do it. Let's keep it objective, I'm talking statistics. Executive none, we're ethic ridiculous. I'm on a job, grind the pine. Wash King, while I'm still in my prime. Prime time when I'm on live, I just intercepted another bag. Homegrown, like a month apart, ain't hard to tell you a bad man. The game plans like a suspect. Get your coach's death, you do better. If you knew better, you do better. We're in a winning streak, we ain't losing. Never, never, never. And this is Rational hour. Home run like a month apart. Ain't hard to tell you, bad man. Said this is rational hour. If you knew better, you do better. We in a winning streak. We ain't losing never. Welcome to the Rational Hour, Ryan. On today's show, we have an NFL vet in the building. Rational Hour. Please help me welcome Montgomery County's own Hall of Fame member. Silver Springs representative, Ohio State legend, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, multiple-time All-Pro Pro Bowler, Mr. Sean Springs. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. What did it mean to you, Sean, man? I, I, I saw recently you were inducted to the Montgomery County Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. I got to be in some Hall of Fame, you know, at least I'm recognized, you know, in some Hall of Fame. But, but, but that means a lot, man, because I grew right. up in Washington. In DC area, and it was the first class in Montgomery County just decided to do a sports hall of fame. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, who you know, for me to be considered one of the greatest athletes out of the DMV area, Montgomery County, who had some some unreal coaches, athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean Katie Ledecky was in that first class, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Olympic swimmer to put that in the context, you know. Um, so it meant a lot for me to go into the Montgomery County Hall of Fame. Uh, growing up uh, in the Silver Springs area, Silver Springs High, you were a multiple sport athlete. What was your first love? Was I know you played track, you were running back, uh, you played basketball. Right. Yeah. Man, you know, all football players think they can hoop. You know, I you know, I told Coach Thompson one time it came down to between me and Alan Robinson, I probably should and he told me, he said, Man, it worked out for you. <laughs> but uh but uh to make a long story short, man, just I ran track because I knew all that stuff would make me fast for football and all those things were good. So I just wanted to you know, you know, when you're young, you into all of it, man. Track, basketball, football, you just do whatever your boys are doing, what keeps you busy. Now, in your household, you know, you mentioned you had a military mom. Your father was a NFL legend. Uh, what was it like in your household growing up in, in the 90s? Well, my dad and my mom had me out of high school, so they weren't married. And my dad, you know, and moved on with his life and married to my stepmom, Adrian, who's, who helped raise me. It was a great, wonderful woman. And, you know, my dad went on to play for the Cowboys and um, play in the NFL for like nine years. And then I was, I pretty much was, you know, raised by, you know, at first my grandmother while my dad was in college and my mom was stationed in Germany. And then when my mom came back, she came back and raised me in the Washington, D.C. area. And I was just, you know, thrilled to have both lives, you know, growing up in PG County, living with my mom was kind of different from going down and spending the holidays with my dad where you, you know, you know, you're in like 
million dollar house at the time. So, <laughs> so, so it, it was just a, a different contrast, but I, I appreciate everything that was given to me because I got to see both worlds. I got to see where, you know, in PG County or close to the Southeast DC, where we had a curfew to, to, you know, hanging out in the locker room with guys like Tony Dorsett and Emerson Walls and all some of the old Cowboys. Now you were class of 93 at Silver mm -hmm. Springs High. Uh, what was it like uh, going to Silver Springs High School and 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 playing both sides, running back and DB? Yeah, I went to Springbrook High School right in Silver Spring, Maryland. And, you know, just like anything, man, you just go out there and you compete. You're on one side of the ball in high school. <laughs> the best players play. So if you're the best defensive back and you're the best running back, you play. And I had some great teammates. You know, one of my best friends to this day, Omar Evans, who ended up, you know, was like my little brother. He ended up going to play. I was following the footsteps of guys like, I mean, it was some good players. Coach Bob Loy, uh, one of the winningest coaches in the state of Maryland, who also went in the Montgomery County Hall of Fame, was a coach at the time and got me down, got me over to Springbrook High School and Leonard Green. Before I got there, was a USA player of the year. So they had a pretty good program. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to get in there and work, bro. I had to get in there and um, I was a play running back and then I play defense back. I just had to do my part. Now coming out, did you want to play? Like were you recruited as I imagine both sides of the ball? Did you know what side you want to prefer to play on or what, what Man, college I, were telling you? That that's crazy because I was recruited as an athlete and I really wanted to play on the offensive side of the ball. Naturally I, I thought I was gonna follow my dad's footsteps. But my dad was like he was a forward thinker. He was like, man, you're not playing running back. That that position is like too much hitting you know, wow. he was like, it's, it's a dying position, right? You know, he was like, uh, game is, and my dad, man, saw it like 15 ahead, you know, 10 years ahead of where, where the game is now. He's like, man, you're going to be a defensive back because that's where the game is going, passing and throwing. And wow. so my dad was like, he was a forward thinking man. And, and you know, one for, you know, just like, man, running back is a dime a dozen, bro. There's a lot of people who can run the ball. There ain't a lot of people who can cover. And then he, he said, I, he, he said, I want you to see this, look at this dude at Florida State. He balling. We sitting on the couch watching a kid dude at Florida State or he, and he, he or it was either senior Florida State or just was a rookie. He said he played for the Falcons. He was at Florida State. Mm. I mean, his name is Deion Sanders. Mm. And I said, oh, yeah, he's sweet. I know, you know, he wasn't prime time. He was like Deion right at the time, mm. right? And, and my dad was like, how big is he? He was like six foot. I said, how much he weigh? He's like 193. He said, how big are you? You know, I was like six foot, like 190, like 180 something in high school, 170 something in high school. He was like, well, you know, you got uh, two more seconds to shave off your 40 time and you got, you know, you know, you got to just, but you can do it. And he was just mm -hmm. forward thinking, like putting that in my head that I could be like that. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good example, man. Prime time that, that, you know, he will really change the game as an athlete, just a shutdown corner return, man. Yeah, Pops really shed the light. That, that man, that that's big, man, because most people want to play running back, quarterback. Right. You um. Now, as far as your recruiting, were the colleges telling you you could play whatever you want, or did you did you kind of know? So my dad told Coach Cooper he was just like, man, my son, and my dad told Coach Cooper he said my son gonna be a defensive back. He can return kicks and punts. Mm -hmm. And I told him, and my dad was like, if you want the ball, you want to run the ball, go pick it off. Mm, yeah, that's what's up. Now like, you want the ball? Go get it. <laughs> that's, that's the way to go get it. Now, yeah. did you did you have 
Pops, Ohio State legend, did you open the recruiting? Were you open to going anywhere, or you kind of knew Columbus was where you were going? I was uh, recruited, man. You, a lot of people know the story, man. Don't, I hope they don't. You know, I, I try not to tell the story too much, man. Your listeners out there, mm. you know, you know, there's some Michigan fans out there, man. I was recruited to Michigan, man. I, I thought I was going to Michigan. I committed uh-huh. to the University of Michigan. But my dad being and Ryan, my dad was a captain at Ohio State, man. So I, mm-hmm. I I was like, man, Penn State, Miami, Alabama. I really wanted to go SC. Like what? I was an SC guy. Like I was a US, uh-huh. I was a, I was a USC guy. I wanted to go to SC. But mm-hmm. at the time, I think they were in transition between like John Robinson, Robinson. and you know uh-huh. all those all those guys. Kind of like you know a couple years, you know, um, Keyshawn was there, uh-huh. you know, but they were you know they was a little bit of they was a little bit of a little bit of trans- transition. So I wanted to go to SC, but then the coach got fired, and then one of my dad friends ended up being the secondary coach there, a guy named Dennis Thurman, who coached right. me, played in USC. And he mm-hmm. recruited me at the last minute, but I was so deep into Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, which was my last three. Mm-hmm. Those were my last three. And then I ended up going to um, Ohio State, man, because, you know, my dad was like, you know, if you go to Michigan, don't come back tomorrow. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, you know, it, it, it's rough. You don't have nowhere to live. You, you 17, 18, figure it out, man. I guess I'm going to Ohio State, you know? Uh-huh. One thing I noticed, Sean, did you redshirt your first year or did you sustain an injury? Yeah, yeah, I redshirted my first year at Ohio State, man. And uh, uh-huh. the crazy the crazy thing about me redshirting, Ryan, was at the time, Ohio State, that's the, you know, that was a way of keeping the program strong. So everybody's talking about Ohio State, you lose people. It was like, nah, we 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 got people in the waiting. Like I was like during a week, I would practice with the first and second team, but I just couldn't play my um my freshman year because they were saving me and we had some dogs, you know, they were winning. Like, it's like, like now they try to play freshman, they quit or leave or whatever. But at that time you knew you had to wait your turn. Like, just like Terry Glenn was behind Galloway, you know, (laughs) you know, it it was just, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you got there, I mean, the the program was just a premier landing spots for a lot of crew. They had the number one recruiter class, I believe in 93 and 94. They, Mm -hmm. you know, they had Corey's uh, Stringer, Ricky Dudley, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Finko, Fabril, Eddie yeah. George. I mean, yeah. it was loaded. Yeah, loaded. Like, like that's my class. Finkus, Vrabes, all those uh-huh. guys. My man, my, my, shout out to my man, Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans right now. Uh, Luke Fickle was on that team. Luke's head coach of Cincinnati right now. So we were uh, we were loaded up. Man, homeboy, it was, it was a dog at linebacker. He don't get a lot of and, love, but Lorenzo and, and, Styles. Yeah, my man, Lorenzo Styles. I was like my big bro. Shout out yeah. to Lorenzo. His uh, son is about to be at Ohio State now, one of our top recruits. Oh, word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they keep plugging them in, man. What were uh, some of the practices like, man? You mentioned some of the, the, the guys you played with. I could imagine y'all had some battles in August. Man, mm. I'm trying to think who the GM was at San Diego at the time. I forget who the GM was at. Was it um, Bethard? Yeah, Bobby Bethard. Yeah, right. I, I see you. Much respect to your football knowledge. Yes, sir. Um, I think it was Bobby Bethard at the time. He came, I think the Chargers were playing Cincinnati. They came to our practice. And it, and, and, it, and it was known. They said Ohio State's 101 is better than probably 90% of the NFL teams. Damn. You know, we had, I mean, but if you think about it, Galloway started, 
for the Seahawks. T. Glenn started right away. Um, Chris uh, Chris Sanders ended up starting as, a, as a, for the Houston Texans. I mean, Houston uh, Oilers at the time. He was out. He was our number two guy, world class sprinter. I tight end ended up starting Ricky Dudley for the Raiders. Um, it was crazy. And then, you know, Orlando and then 95, we had Orlando and Corey, you know, big um, Orlando Pace, but Corey Stringer was the big Corey name. Stringer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, wrestling yeah. my man, Corey Stringer, and we were just loaded, bro. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, so you were lining up and practice opposite of David Boston and Terry Glenn Galloway. Yeah. Man. I, I seen all those guys. Boss was a he wasn't there with Galloway, but soon Galloway left. Boston came in. He was a freshman, and Boston was a grown man from since he stepped on campus. Nah, he was a dog, man. Uh, your first mm-hmm. year, this some of the bowl games. You guys went to the Citrus Bowl, played Bama, uh, played Tennessee, uh, yep. played the Rose Bowl, Arizona State. Just bowl game after bowl game. What's the best game that you can recall? One that you always remember. I know it probably happened. His one that's a clear favorite above the, all of them. 1997 Rose Bowl in Adina, man, Pasadena. Shout, uh, out, shout out to L.A., right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, Jake the Snake. Yeah, and they had a receiver called Keith Poole. Yeah. And everybody makes fun of me or everybody remembers that game because I came on, I think it was like ESPN, like a couple of days before the game, and they were asking me about Keith Poole and and that he's um, the top receiver. He, he killed a Pac-10. Mm-hmm. At the time, he was killing it, and I was like, "Yeah, man!" I saw a story on his brother. You know, it's a wheelchair. It's sad, and I really liked the story, so I'm gonna let him have one catch. And I was being sincere with it. I told him mm-hmm. I was gonna do have one catch, so he can say he had a, a catch on the best defense back in college. <laughs> and of course, you know what happened. The story, yeah. as the story has been told, he had one catch. You know, but it is what it is. I wasn't bragging. I was actually being sincere. But, you know, people come across as like, man, this dude is talking crazy. You know, he's super arrogant. And I wasn't. I was actually like, wow, man, this kid's a beast. But, nah. Uh-huh. I'm sure you should Terry Glenn and these guys. <laughs> nah, bro. I'm practicing against guys running 4-1 and 4-2 in practice, man. You was ready, man. You stayed ready just because you, you, you lined it up across. Yeah, I, that was such a – man, that game was, was just a battle, man. I think it was 17-20. When in, did it go into overtime? And now I finished at the uh, at the, the end. Last, the yeah, last yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, the last drive, man. Uh, yeah, you guys, man. Don't tell me you was going for the West Coast team, man. Don't tell me you was going for nah, nah. Coast, I, I mean, man. I was, I was SC cat, you know, um, because of my brother. But right. I, I love because they had a, you know, a lot of guys locally. Even though they was Arizona State, they always had cats. Um, Ricky uh, Boyer. Ricky Boyer was uh from Compton. He was he was a nice running back, kind of a a Dave Mega type, you know, and uh, you know, pool. And of yeah. course Plummer, uh J.R. Redman, I believe, was on that squad too, right? J.R. Redman, all those dudes is Cali guys. Their whole team was like their whole team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that was just an epic battle, man. Uh it's a great game. Did you know after that you were gonna go pro or were you thinking about coming back? Man, I actually thought about coming back. You know, I actually thought about coming back, you know, because I, I actually love college. I had it good. And my coach, my strength coach at night, I think Dave Kennedy, he's down at Tampa now. He was like, man, you got to leave. I was like, what? He's like, he's like, man, you got to leave. You did it. There's nothing you can do to accomplish anymore. He was like, we got two guys that need to play. We got your, your backups, the first rounders too, Antoine Win- Winfield. Yeah. And a, and a man plumber. So he was like, man, just go and leave, man. You, 
you know, and I and I was like, man, I can play both ways. He said, for what, bro? <laughs> you know, he was like, why? You know? Hey, they said, go get your money, man. You ready? Did you uh did you have an idea leading into the draft what teams kind of showed you the most interest, or do you have no idea where you might land? Well, well, you know, I went to New York and they had a D coordinator at the time named Bill Belichick, sat down with him. They had they had coaches, a guy named Bill Parcells. I went to the Jets. Then I went out to Oakland, you know. Um, I went out to Oakland and sat down with those guys. And then Seattle bought their whole then then Seattle bought their whole staff in. Mm. And Seattle Seattle bought their whole staff in. And then I never forget the coach, rest in peace, my man Dave Brown was like, Man, what you gonna run? I was like, Man, I think I'm gonna run like a four two tomorrow. They was like, Man, you run a four two, you're gonna go top five or whatever, like this. And I was like, it was like for real. It's like, what you think you're gonna do in a vertical? I think I'm gonna do forty something. I, you know, I usually do forty something. I'm calm. There's like they think like this dude is out of control. Like he's like he does this. He's going top three. So I'm just like, yeah, man. Last week I ran like four three three with a shoot on. You know, blah blah blah. And I jumped this. My broad jump. So what you gonna do on the bench press? I said, mm, I, can, I don't even really practice that. I can do it like twenty something. Not knowing, I'm thinking like, you know, there's this guys out there doing some crazy numbers, man. So I was just like, ah, I guess that's, <laughs> you know, I knew I was, <laughs> you know, I had Joe Galloway, man. He ran 413 the year before, man, 419, man. This guy did 25, 26 times on the bench. So, you know, at Ohio mm. State, you like, you just fitting in. Like, I mean, like, hey, man, I'm just fitting in with these gladiators, bro. And, and next thing you know, I go out there, crush the combine, and the dude Dave Brown, who led the drills, he's like, man, <laughs> you weren't joking. Uh-huh. Like, but I was humble with it because I was like, man, have you seen Joey and Terry and and a Ricky and Eddie? Have you seen these gladiators? Like, I, in my mind, I'm just like, dude, like this is standard for for what we do at Ohio State, bro. Right, right. I mean, you guys is just playing as an NFL team in college, pretty much. Pretty much. And and the draft. You uh, did you go to you went to New York? You were in the green room and all that. You ended up being the third round third pick overall in the 97 draft. Um, did, did you get the call from Erickson or who who actually gave yeah, you the call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crazy thing about it, I was on the phone with Oakland before. Mm-hmm. So the night before the draft mm-hmm. or, or two days before the draft, we all had to be up there. You know, you do all the NFL activities. Mm-hmm. And um, next thing you know, the, the I think the Rams traded out or traded to the number one spot. So we knew that the night before they were going to take Orlando, right? So I was like, okay, cool. Seattle moved from like 11 to three, hoping they could get me. And then Oakland was stuck at two, but nobody knew which direction Oakland was going to go to. I actually was on the phone in Oakland. I was actually on the phone. It was, it was between me and Dar Russell. Rest in peace, my man, Dar Russell, died in a car accident out in Cali in the Bay Area. Um, but, um, <clears throat> next thing you know, I was on the phone with Al Davis. He's like, yeah, we want to do a deal, but if you don't, if, without a signing bonus, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> right. I got, I'm trying to buy my mom a house, man. And then, uh, but they, they end up taking, um, Darryl Russell. Darryl Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. Darryl Russell and Mike Bastinelli in that car accident. That USC, was tragic, right? man. Was yeah. that in, was that in L.A. or the Bay, man? Like I know you probably remember the story. Rest yeah, the it was it was in L.A. I believe. Yeah. I know Mike yeah. Bessinelli was from the Bay. I think he was from De La Salle, but yeah, it was a, it was some crazy uh, freakish accident. They lost control. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was it was tragic. Yeah. Um uh, now in '97, you get to training camp, Eastern Washington University, and you got vets Sinclair, um, Chad Brown, Daryl Williams. What was the vibe like when you first land in the NFL in your first training camp? Well, well, well I had kind of met those guys in um, in, mini camp. in mini camp, so I kind of met those guys. And when I first got to minicamp, I had number 26, and I talked to Randy Mueller. I was like, dude, you talk, promised you was going to get 24. He's like, relax, you're good, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up, you know, you know, by the time camp came around, I had 24. And But the crazy thing about it, I held out. Uh-huh. I, only had, like, I only had, like, I came right before the third preseason game. I only had, like, one preseason game mm. I played in. So I show up on like a third preseason game is on a Saturday or something on Friday night. I had one practice. I think I showed up, had a physical on Wednesday, practice on Thursday, and the game was on Saturday. I said to walk through on Friday and leave out for Friday. And I didn't know what I was going to play or not. And Coach Erickson with a straight face was like, yeah, man, you're going to play um, 15 snaps or whatever. Mm-hmm. I said, I he said, we said, what are we gonna, I said, what are we going to be doing? He said, you got one assignment. Wherever Jerry Rice is, you cover him. Mm. I said, what? He said, wherever Jerry Rice, you know, he got I said, wherever Jerry Rice is, you cover him. Like everybody else is going to play around you. You cover Jerry Rice. We want to see what you do. So mm-hmm. that was my first assignment, man. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just don't want to get embarrassed from my mom, bro. Like, wow, <laughs> my mom's first assignment? Yeah, I can't, have my, I can't have my mom fly out to, uh, to uh, San Fran yeah. and get embarrassed. Oh. I felt confident because. One of the things about Ohio State, when you're going against Callaway and you're going against Terry Glenn and those guys, like, uh-huh. speed you, you. and strength is crazy, right? Like, you know, I had yeah. David Boston as a, as a freshman. He came in at 250. So, you know, I wasn't afraid of just pure talent, like, right? right. Like, I didn't know. Like, my my athleticism was, like, soon I walked in the game, I'm 97 on Madden, right? You know, like, mm, I, wasn't really, I wasn't really worried about that. I was just worried about, like, you know, this yeah, just, he's, he, he's killing I, you know you, I'm seeing him kill a lot matter of fact I'm playing with him on Tecmo Bowl five years ago, five years him, ago. Right? you know I'm like he's killing everybody bro he just <laughs> don't want to get embarrassed so you just yeah, want to yeah, hold right. your own yeah 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 and uh, when I did, did my thing man but the vibe was cool they, I mean those guys they you know Benny Blades Brian Blades with my vets on the team Cortez Kennedy um, Sam what's, Adams what's, uh, was Joey Galloway on Seattle at the time? Joey Galloway was my teammate, so I was already comfortable with the best receiver. So I knew what the best receiver was like. That was oh, my practice. I was his practice dummy for three years at Ohio State. So yeah, and I'm seeing him kill a league, and I'm in the off season before I before he goes to camp. I'm doing one on ones with him, and I'm like, hey, hey, I can cover Joey. Like mm-hmm. you know, he still get me, but for the most part, he's getting everybody right. You know, Wheels. so. Joey had wheels, though. Man, he was fast. Crazy, bro. Yeah, now. I just pulled my hamstrings string thinking about it, Ryan. (laughs) Joey just had that that gear, man. He could just separate. And, and, you know, like you said, with Terry, he was just zero to 60 real quick. But, yeah, it was was, was like Joey was like his in, his instant speed three step boom he's there right like okay. like he shot out a cannon and he's just gone right 
Mm-hmm. Terry was like topping speed. Like he, him and Moss were very similar. Like Moss, like like Moss, Randy was like his top end speed is like Usain. Like you don't know how fast he can run. He runs fast. He need to run. So Moss taught Randy's top end speed was crazy, right? Mm-hmm. You know Tyreek Hill and those guys, Joy like Tyreek Hill. Those guys start and stop and they're just gone, right? Like you know, you know, Sonic. crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good analogy. Now, Sean, in 99, Homegrown takes over in Seattle. What's the word around the facility? How is the adjustment of, of him taking over as GM and head coach? The big show, man. The big show. Coach Homer came in. That's what we called him, man. He had a picture called The Big Show. Mm. And, I mean, for me, I had never seen, you know, I had never seen anything, you know, because Coach Erickson was a coach. You know, it was a pretty good coach. But when Coach Hungram came in, you know, this guy coming off Super Bowls, Green Bay, he's the big show, right? Mm-hmm. And he just cleaned house. And that was the first time I realized the NFL was a business because I thought, you know, sign a contract, you're there. But, man, he said that, you know, he brought me in with a dude named Walter Jones to his office and said, I'm going to build a team around you two. Well, some of these guys going to be gone. Like some of these older guys, I'm running them off, right? But I'm building a team around you too. And... And, you know, obviously Walter Jones became a Hall of Famer. He's a beast, one of the best left tackles in the game. And I did my thing in Seattle and had a good career out there. But Coach Hongum, matter of fact, he called me Little Show, but Coach Hongum, he was just like like showing us love. And he was just, you I mean, great leader. He's, I had three Hall of Fame coaches, so I, I was fortunate to have three Hall of Fame head coaches. Talk about uh, talent, man. What was Sean Taylor like in practice, man, and just his whole vibe? Cool, cool. It's cool, people. Cool, yeah. Like, just, just a good dude, man. Like he was, uh, he's just good dude, man. I seen the evolution of Sean. I was with Sean for five years. I seen him coming from Miami. You know, when he, what people might say is, "Wow, just been a young dude." Mm-hmm. You know, DC money, yeah. cool. But he was an animal to when he had his daughter, man. Like. I was like, man, this dude changed, man. Like, this dude's like a dad. This dude is focused. This dude is like an animal. Like, he's calling out plays. He's running to the ball. Clearly the best player on the field at all times. I mean, I seen him. We we scrimmage Baltimore because obviously Baltimore is close to us. And, you know, Baltimore got Ray and Ed and all those guys. I seen Sean go out there and talk crazy. I mean, they had Suggs, Ray. And we had number one defense, too, so we were out there talking crazy. But Sean, man, was out there destroying in a scrimmage, like, you know, like no fans. Like, it was one of those things where, like, he was knocking cats out of bounds, slamming dudes. I mean, doing whatever he wanted to, like, smushing dudes in the ground, face. <laughs> like, and, and, and you know how Ray is. Ray's a dog. Like, Ray's a dog. Ed's a dog. Suggs' a dog. I mean, he, he, I mean, he was like, and we had some dogs, but like, it was like, yeah. That guy right there, different. Salute, bro. Mm. Salute, everybody. No, he was knocking cats out, like on every, like literally, like I think he knocked out four cats in the scrimmage. What? Yeah, Damn. Like, it was crazy. It was crazy. His uh. first, game, his first game plan, man. And me, me, and, I, and one day you gotta get Fred Smooth on the show. Fred to tell you, he Sean first game in, in the Hall of Fame. I think we played this year. Sean had a pick. A sack, <laughs> a fumble for a touchdown, and like one quarter. 
Wow. So, so when his rookie year, Coach Greg Williams, who had Javon Kirsten, Greg Williams, if you're safety, you make calls. Mm-hmm. Now, Sean was just about, you know, he's a rookie just playing. He, you know, so, and he had me. I'm about my eighth year at the time. And I think he had like uh, uh, Walt, Walt Harris, who's about his ninth year at the time, and Smooth. So we had pretty, pretty good veterans around him. Right. And uh, so we would be calling the plays to take the pressure on Just let him, you know, like you're, you're corner. I was like, man, I call plays. You don't need to call deep. You don't even need to tell us. I make the coverage checks on our side and smooth and walk me the checks on their side or whatever, or, you know, whatever. Like we all play him, like, right? Mm-hmm. So Greg Williams didn't like that because he really, really wanted Sean to know the defense would be able to make the checks and stuff like that. So he wouldn't, but he didn't, I don't think he started Sean the first two or three games, man, or whatever. Wow. I, I I remember me and he'll tell you this. <laughs> you know, Greg Williams is stubborn, man. You know, he don't he don't care about nothing. He he don't care who you are, right? Mm-hmm. I we me and Smoot go in his office. He's like, man, what you two numb nuts in my office for? What you want? He's like, listen, coach. He's like, listen, coach, man. Um, <laughs> you gonna have to play Sean. I ain't playing him. He gonna have to learn the defense. Said, coach, you gonna have to play Sean. We gonna to, we gonna have to boycott you, bro. <laughs> we gonna sit out if you don't play this. You know, like like dude, we. Yeah, I ain't playing him. He better learn the defense. If you want him to play, he better study this. I said, Coach, come on, man. Like this guy is an animal. You know, we up there like negotiating wow. with Greg for twenty five minutes. Like, cause Greg's hard, bro. He's like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Now, crazy, right? that's that's a crazy because everybody talk about Sean Taylor, man. I, I mean, they just say he go hard. Like even you see the member the the Pro Bowl, he knocked somebody out in the Pro Bowl. That's like a scrimmage. Yeah. I mean, it kind of rhyming what you just said. Yeah, Brian Brian Mormon, my man, who's my teammate in Seattle, knocked him out. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, that that's that was just Sean though. He didn't know how to turn it off, man. They said he was too much. He put that helmet off. Yeah, At man. All. That's that's uh man. Thank you for that story, man. Now, well, did you? I know. Uh, uh, I mean, he was on uh, on a lot of uh, documentaries and uh, the HBO, the training camp when he was with Cleveland, the Bounty Gate, and the whole Saints. I believe it were, was it the Vikings or the Saints. And uh, did you ever see that? Any all any of that? Or if you you know, do you remember him? Do you, I mean, in the NFL. Is that something that's, that happens often? Oh, man. The bounty gate was around us. What we did. <laughs> uh, uh. Let me say this. Um, to be fair, uh-huh. it didn't start off like we were trying to hurt people for like, you know, even in New Orleans, I don't think, you know, this is around, you know, obviously the bounty gate is about Greg Williams paying players to knock people out and stuff like that. For us, it, nothing started off like with malicious intent, like we were going to go and try to hurt a dude, like knock Sean, right. Sean Alexander out or knock this dude out. Right. It started off as a competition, like, all right, I'm, whoever get the first sack, we put a pot in, like, who's going to get the first sack? Right, well, right. You know, and this is and this is a way to, you know, and it's and we weren't talking like we talk, bet $500,000. It was like, yeah. this is our... You know, for the married guys out there, this is that money that they don't have to tell report to their wives. Yeah. And for the some some of the young guys, this is their LA weekend, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out at the spot. Right. Right. <laughs> <Century> City somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out at the Beverly Center money, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. So it started off, man, like, all right, whoever, you know, whoever get the first pick, let's put five hundred in the pot. 
you know, you you get the first pick of the game, you get two thousand dollars. It's, it's kind of like it was it was fun to us, right? Right. You know, or you know, so that's kind of. I don't think most guys came out of like, oh, I'm gonna knock this dude out, I'm gonna blow this guy's knee or something like that. Right. It wasn't like that. I think I think they do that for free. Like, you know, I wanted to knock Chad Johnson's head off so many times for free. You know what I'm saying? So, but you go, uh, you finish your career um, in New England, March 2009. You signed with New England. Um, what was it like in New England in the whole Patriot way? Is it what everybody perceived it to be? Man, um, I don't know what the perception is, but let me let me sum it up for you mm-hmm. in two words: Tom Brady, bro. Yeah, that's not great. To Tom Brady, yeah, Tom Brady, man. Like <clears throat> my experience in New England was cool, but that's the guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can talk about Bill Belichick. You can talk about a lot of different things. No disrespect to Bill, mm-hmm. Tom Brady. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I believe it was Asante Samuel said that on a yeah that Belichick was. Pretty kind of, he didn't say it in so many words. He kind of insinuated that Belichick's are overrated because of Tom. But everyone has an opinion that it was the coach, or, you know, some say Walsh and Montana. You know, it's just, it always, right? Tom, man, uh, is is that dude. Because when you got there, he was coming back from a major, didn't he have a major injury? You had, yeah, Castle yeah, yeah. was the quarterback, right? Yeah, so I got there. Tom was coming back. And um, to be honest with you, I was like, I wasn't gonna go to New England. I, I I was already like, I flew in March first. It was a blizzard. I was like, man, I can't play here, bro. Mm. I gotta go to. Um, I have to go to Philly, and then I'm going to. Um, I'm gonna go to Philly, and then I'm gonna go to um, New England. I mean, uh, New Orleans to see Greg. You know, mm. that's my guy, right? And mm. the crazy thing about it, on my way to New England, Sean Payton. Sean Payton was on my flight from Arizona to where we had a layover to Dallas. Got onto the facility at eight o'clock in the morning. It's March 1st or March 2nd. And it's like eight, it's like 18 inches the night before. And I look in the room, man, right across from the cafeteria, Tom is there studying, watching the, like the Giants game where he got hurt. And I was just like, wow, man, like I got to play with that guy. Mm, okay. So he had a, a major impact on your decision. Probably the number one reason why I went there. What comes to mind when you think about quarterbacks? Is there any? Everybody talk about Omaha and, and Peyton Manning. Is there any quarterback you hated playing against that always would check down or change coverage? No, nah, but when I was, <laughs> I don't know about hated, <laughs> but I tell you what, the funniest thing, man. I was like my first and second year, I got a chance to play with Elway, right? You know, my mm. my rookie year, my second year, I get to play. So Elway and Marina were like my first two or three years right mm-hmm. and you know i'm a young guy and uh i got i just got some funny moments man john john would be in the game bro looking at you smiling calling out the coverage knowing that he's gonna score throw it somewhere else i mean he he was just like man this is easy out here bro this is like intramural football for me and Damn. then and then we, Elway was he was wild, bro. He's like, this is easy, bro. Like he's like, like you know, too easy right now. It's probably had like Tom, you know, Tom's like that too, man. This is easy, bro. I can do this in my sleep. Y'all can't get to me. I know where I'm going the ball. This is just it not was a, just, just he was know. playing checkers. Y'all was playing chess. Man, he, man, this, 
I, I man, you know how sometimes you, you got a kid out there and you need to move him up? Mm-hmm. Like move this kid up so he can play with older kids. He's doing right. too much. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> move him man. up, man. You can't even move yeah. him up. Bro, like move him up, man. Damn, yeah, that's that's uh that's a good analogy, man. Because so many like, veteran quarterbacks like that, Marino and Elway, um, you know Montana, those guys, because they know how to read defenses so much. They walk up to the line and they could just see right away where they go. Man, they the weakness. Even, man, you could man at that certain point you could take Tom, put him on the Steelers on Wednesday. He mm. studied the playbook for about two days. Right there on Sunday, and you act like you ain't even know. I mean, he ain't even play for that thing. It's clockwork, man. Man, he can see everything. You ain't gonna confuse him. Now, son, you played against a lot of receivers. What receiver that you always knew just talk a lot of the sheets, just a lot of trash, and it would try to get in your head? Or did you talk a lot when you played? Oh, I talk crazy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only one talk crazy back who was crazy uh, enough to talk back to me. Uh, Not even T.O. talked crazy back to me because T.O. was just quiet and he already knew I'd be trying to slam him. I'd be trying to push him down. <laughs> I was going to do crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you know, only one that was just talk crazy was Chad. I was like, dude, shut up, bro. Like, oh, Chad. You, you play for Cincinnati. I know you're from LA. Relax. Dude, mm. terrible you know he would talk crazy <laughs> and uh, and um yeah you know that was yeah. the only one but you know they i mean they all had different personalities you could tell guys who just were confident they ain't talk no words they were confident yeah some, some cats were just about that life you just knew they were about that life like yeah he yeah they didn't even know like you can talk crazy to him if you want to but he he he's he's for real about that life yeah, you know, it's it's you name a name, you name a name, you want to play the game, you name a name, I tell you. All. <laughs> oh, okay, it's like that. Okay, what about uh, one guy from Ohio State that I really like? I think his career was cut shorter than it should have been, but it's Antonio Holmes, a receiver from Ohio State. I didn't play against Tone, but Tone about that life, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tone, Tone from Bell Glaze, Florida. You know, he a Buckeye, so he he he, he was he won all that smoke. Name okay. somebody in my era, man. Jimmy Smith. To what about what about uh, 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 Steve Smith from Carolina? Now oh, I forgot. I'm glad you reminded me. Steve talked crazy. I told Steve. It's the last time I seen you had three for thirty nine. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, but Steve talked crazy. Competitor. Competitor. Yeah. Competitor. Steve and Steve and Chad were the two crazies. I slammed Steve one time. Kind of hurt his neck, so I wasn't worried about him after uh-huh. that. But Steve uh-huh. was just. And they moved. Steve was, you know, with the with the ball in his hand, man. He was probably one of the best. Yeah. With the ball in now, his did, hand. did it matter to you, Sean? If, like, if you – the stature, like, of a receiver, like, if you're playing against Plasco Burris or um, Wes Welker, I mean, the smaller or, you know, a slot guy or, you know, a guy just out there on the island with you. I hated the small guys, man. They move around like Wes mm-hmm. and Julian yeah. late in my career to Santana was like that. You can't. Yeah. They just move. They're like water bugs. Like, yeah. Like, man, I'm like, I can't even test these guys, bro. Like they spin mm. you around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got all type of tricks. Those guys and Tanner was doing it fast, so Tanner was super nice. You mm. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. yeah. I played against some really, really good receivers, man. I, one day I might not have to name my top five, man. 
They better not let me know I I am athlete. They they already know I'll talk crazy on my top five, man. Yeah, I can imagine. Um but I can talk crazy on your show too, Ryan. This is no, better, no doubt. Who who is the greatest running back you played against? Marshall Falk. No doubt. Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk, then the Swiss Army knife man out the backfield with the hands and you know, he can see traps. Yeah, yeah. Super nice, bro. Uh-huh. I went to the Pro Bowl my second year. Marshall Falk was him and Julian Sayer are the two best players I ever seen. I'm really interested with your being the CEO uh, and and with Winpack. Uh, you know, you guys have a very interesting concept. I mean, with uh, Crash Cloud, with the helmets and absorption of impact, it, it seems like it would be huge for this day and age with with football. Um, how did you come up with that, and and what is your latest adventure going on as far as your yeah, man, your like like yeah, man, like Wimpact was you know you know it's founded out of idea. I saw in a baby car seat. We started off as an energy absorbing um, padding system that can be fit into any type of helmet, whether it's football, baseball, um, anything that absorbs energy, and that's where we started. But obviously, with my background being in the NFL, I had the relationships there. So I wanted to be an ingredient technology like Gore-Tex or Intel inside. So, and that's where we started, but we evolved, man, over the years, we went from impact protection, which is pretty daunting um, challenge to solve for ballistic impacts in two inches. But we started to realize the best thing we did was understand how materials perform, build software and all these other things, man. So Mm, it's, now, these new helmets, are you a part of that? Because I've noticed they look like NASCAR helmets. A lot of these <laughs> college programs are you. Yeah, I've seen those guys, Rydell. I work with, uh, I consult with, you know, companies that build helmets and stuff like that. So the NFL helmets, I know the guys who, you know, build like the shutting devices and all those guys. So oh, Okay. Yeah. Now, are you currently still working with the, I know you had a, a contract with the Department of Defense? Yeah, I still work with the Natick Labs, Department of Defense. We work with automotive suppliers looking at headrests. We work with um, okay. 3D manufacturing um, people who's in that space. So we're doing our thing, man. Yeah, I see. So where do you expect to see your, your company within the next 10 years? Um, I hope I have a successful company. Mm-hmm. You know, where you use our software to build products of the future. We believe that anyone can create innovation. And by that time, I might be in like the Virgin Gorda somewhere chilling on a on a beach, you know. <laughs> yeah, living your life, your best life. <laughs> yeah, maybe I had grandkids by then. Uh, now, is your family, your, your son, is he still currently in Arizona? No, nah, he graduated last summer. Uh, and his twin brother graduates this summer. Oh, man. Congratulations. Thanks, man. That's, that's every father's dream, man, to see your kids graduate and get married. Yeah, and I got two uh, two young ones, Shawnee and Sedona. I got a I got a 14-year-old that looks just like Russell Wilson. Don't ask okay. me how that happened. Yeah, yeah. But- <laughs> genetics, brother. Genetics. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Okay. Beautiful thing, man. Well, Sean, man, I thank you, man. It was such a great show, man, to give my audience, man. And uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. But, but please, man, let 
the audience know where they can support any of your work? Yeah. Yeah, go to, you know, you can follow me on um, Instagram. I think it's Sean Springs. I'm not big on social media. It might be Spreezy24. Just follow me on Twitter. You can just hit me up. But for the most part, follow at windpack.com, W-I-N-D-P-A-C-T.com, where you can learn all about our technology and solutions out there. And then, and then if you want a professional, you know, hit me on LinkedIn or something. I'm chilling. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, Mr. Springs, man. Thank you for your time this time. Until next time.